Hello, world. I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Joe Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast, episode 120. This gets into a lot of different issues. You've been doing this for eight years. It's a passion. You love it. It is really awkward. This week's podcast is brought to you by Jeremy's Church Tech Devotional Rebuilding. This devotional can be done on your own or with an entire church tech team, week by week, day by day, however you like. This devotional is for church tech by church tech. Learn more about rebuilding on the Church Mag Press website at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. This week, we answer your questions. This will be part one in a two-part question from Colton of Boise, Idaho. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can use the CMAGcast hashtag, email us directly at podcast at churchmag, and ask us a question that we'll answer on an upcoming podcast by visiting churchmag forward slash riddle me this. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. This week we have a Riddle Me This. Now this particular Riddle Me This from, uh, let's see, who is this from? Colton Depew? Depoy? How would you pronounce that, Phil? I think it was Depoy, but I don't know. Okay. I don't know if those few... uh, Or the Seaman. You know, French emigres in Boise, Idaho. Well, yeah, he's in Boise. That's French, isn't it? Boise? You know what? Maybe he's a holdover. Maybe he's one of the French who were there before, and then they lost to the British, who lost it to us. <laughs> Poor Native Americans. Big C is a holdover. He, he's, holding, he's holding down one French fort. That's what we do on the Church Mag Podcast. When you send us a question, we will mock your name. He's the last remnant of a French fort, which is basically just a big room with a, with a bread oven in it. He's just, okay, well, I'm going to read part of his question because he had such a great question. We're going to do a, another podcast on the other part of the question. So part of it he has here, Hi, guys. I found your podcast last week and have listened to about one-third of the episodes already. One of the best resources I have found. Thanks. Well, okay, I'm going to pause for a second. No, Thank you for listening and saying such kind words. Leave an iTunes review would be awesome too. But I will say if I had to choose between someone sending us a personal message and an iTunes review, as much as the iTunes reviews are helpful, I really like messages about this. I don't know about you guys. I do too. I'm also a little worried about our psychological state right now. I was thinking the same thing, Jeremy. Our psychological state? Yeah. If he's listening to us for... Almost a third of what we've put out there. I feel like maybe you should just talk to someone. Just go have some coffee. Explore yourself psychologically. Make sure you're not feeling anxious or depressed. Or- Take a long, long, hot bath of yourself and just figure out where your life's been. Did, did you just say spoil yourself psychologically? No, explore, he said. Explore, yeah. Which, which they're both sound pretty creepy. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Now, keep, keep in mind, Colton, that when Mir- Phil says this, we are not trained in these things, whereas Jeremy is, so (laughs) truth and kidding, but seriously, I mean, mean, not seriously, wait, what? Okay, so anyway, he goes on and says, so I'm a 24-year-old, recently hired, so congratulations, recently hired 24-year-old, he's a recently hired AV coordinator at his church in Boise. I was the audio. I was on the audio team for eight years before taking this position. Previously, we had one volunteer who headed up the team's audio and presentation, but we are looking to add lighting and video, so the decision was made to hire a part-time position to head it up. So, one question is: is how to delegate versus take on myself? I work a full-time regular job plus this position. I can't always make all events. I feel bad asking a volunteer to do something when I'm getting paid to be here. Okay, this is. 
A really great question. And if you're one of those churches that kind of balances between being able to hire people for this kind of stuff and can only afford volunteers for this kind of stuff, like this is this is where you're at. You're kind of in that in-between zone, which can be really, really awkward. Yeah, it is really awkward because you're, bal- you're balancing people who are being – will be paid in eternity, people who are being paid now, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of experienced that when I went, I became, um, went from being a youth leader to a part-time youth pastor. And I had people who were, who were working with me who had, um, like were youth leaders and had been youth pastors before. Um, and then actually had been full-time, but because just, you know, I had been there longer and, uh, it was, so like, it's very weird dynamic because I was the one and I didn't, I didn't run it. Like I'm the one in charge, but like I'm the one who can get fired here. <laughs> so that was my, you know, and so it was a very weird dynamic because I, it was it was on me in the end to make things work, but I needed a team. Mm-hmm. Probably the key in this situation would probably be communication because clearly the church realizes that what they're asking is more than what a volunteer can do, and that they do need to compensate somebody for their team. But when push comes to shove, this is um, this is a part time position, so I think. Ex- for a church to expect a part-time position person to be on beck and call, so to speak, is 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 not appropriate or reasonable. Well, I, I, and I think there, <laughs> this gets into a lot of different issues because, first of all, there's the how you're interacting with the team below, which is essentially the actual question. But we know that there's layers to this of how are you interacting with the the staff above and how are you doing personally, which is why we said this has to be a two-part episode and i think that one of the, first of all one of the things if you're in the u.s there's actually something coming out in the u.s where if you are part-time um you have to keep to a certain standard and if the church doesn't pay you appropriately many people could get in trouble with this especially if the irs doesn't audit so you have to be careful for yourself as well as for the church because if you continue to work and just call a volunteer, then you're burning yourself out. And if you continue to work, then the church actually in not calling a volunteer, then the church actually has to pay you. Otherwise they could get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And I, I want to, you know, I, I'm looking at this and I just have to point this out. This is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but he's been doing it for eight years. He's 24. So he started when he was 16. So all I got to say is that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, clearly they picked him to do this because they they wanted somebody who was familiar, familiar with the team, familiar with their doing and that sort of thing. And they're going to have to pay somebody. But I understand the dynamic. I feel that sometimes at Church Mag when like Chris is like, I'll do the newsletter and Jeremy's like, I'm going to do stuff with social media and stuff like that. I mean, these guys get paid for their posts, but it's not like, you know, it's like you get paid so that you can maybe take your wife out to dinner once for the month or maybe go out and watch a movie uh, as a family, that kind of thing. I mean, this is not like their job. You know, this is more of my job than it is for them. So sometimes I feel weird if we're doing things and whatever and they volunteer to do it or I ask them to do it. I kind of know what that feels like. It does feel kind of weird. Right. Well, then too, I mean, I would assume that like, like they've had guys doing, you know, helping with events before, you know, volunteers helping with events. So I don't think you're necessarily asking for anything new unless it was just him. And now he's getting paid and now he needs to bring in new volunteers, you know? So I think if he's already had volunteers doing stuff, then, 
you know, that's you're you're not like changing anything. You're perhaps now you're coordinating things and you're making things easier for those guys. Um, you're now being more of a you've got more of a place at the table to be an advocate for things that the ministry needs. Um, also, I think it's. Um, I have a question to ask. What kind of events are these? Are these like church events? Are these weddings? Because in my church, our sound team is all volunteer, but we charge people who are getting married, um, and that money goes to the sound guy and the custodian because it's, it's extra work. Now, I think we should pay the sound guy more. It's like $100 and it ends up being a, quite, a, quite a few hours of work. But um, it's better than you know the alternative, which was basically everyone donated their time, even if uh, some rando person getting married you don't even know or necessarily care about. Right, exactly. And I think that maybe defining terms and outlining that, if if they haven't outlined it, that that should be a serious a serious discussion that they should have now before it becomes a problem. Because I could see this really festering, like one person complains and like this molehill turns into a mountain and before you know it, you know, things go bad. Whereas if you had the discussion and the conversation now, sit down and say, look, what's expected for this part time? Because, you know, before I was volunteering, now I'm getting paid and I need to be able to parse the difference. Like is Sunday morning my time that I would normally volunteer and stuff outside of that, I get paid. And when I get paid, how many hours am I expected? Like, you really need to draw up those lines. And like Jeremy pointed out, that's something even legally that should probably be drawn up as well. Otherwise, uh, the church could get in trouble. And I I think that we're, I think that there's a lot of assumptions being made here because he's worried about working them too much, right? About not being there whenever the volunteers have to be there, you have to let go at some points. You have to really trust in your volunteers. So in some ways I feel like a, he's not honoring them by saying, okay, I've given you the tools. I've given you the skills, go out and do it. So let go, stop micromanaging. So that's a key piece. Nobody wants a micromanage leader, but if you want it to be done right and annoy your volunteers to death, that's probably the best way to do it. That being said, I think that a lot of church leadership is done that way. And that's how it's taught from the, the lead staff. So I am hesitant because sometimes that's what is expected from the, the leadership. But I personally am against it because you have to allow your volunteers. If you want to exponentially grow, you have to let go of stuff you have to let your volunteers own it and you were in that position you were a volunteer where you were entrusted with something so wonderful that you were actually rewarded for that within the church by given a position and so i think that that's important and at the same time you're also assuming that you're forcing your volunteers that you're not being fair to them why don't you have that open conversation with them why don't you schedule a training seminar and then in that time say okay i'm trying to work out this process be honest with it of i don't know what to do in some of these situations what do you guys think here's my thoughts but i want to make sure i'm honoring you guys and your time and your commitment because i'm probably not going to be there because i'm not getting paid for this I mean, you are a volunteer. You know that heart for yourself. You know the culture that's been created for the volunteers. And if if you want to make some changes, talk to the volunteers. See what they say in that process. Uh, that, that's really good advice, I think, Jeremy. Um, I think ba- based on his question where he says, I quote, I feel bad asking a volunteer to do something when I'm getting paid to be there. I think that that's key. And, and I think both of the concepts that we've alluded to so far really apply. And that is, number one, what are those special events? And in total, all those events, how much is he actually being paid 
to, you know, as far as his time goes, how much is he really being compensated for? So what should be expected? Because, you know, if suddenly the church has a lot of events for that month, perhaps that does go into the red zone and they need to be having volunteers fill that gap because they can't afford a full-time person, you know? And I think that you, I think we need to be careful that just because you're getting paid does not make you a better. And it also doesn't mean that your volunteers wants to be in that position. Um, so don't assume that as well, because I know with church mag, we're talking about what's the next steps. And I know Eric, you come to me already and said, would you like to do this? Would you like to do that? If I just let go and said without boundaries, absolutely. I want to do all these things, which I would love to do if I had the time, but ultimately my passion is to do counseling. And I don't ever want to get to that point. I've been given opportunities where I could do more with the church tech stuff, but I don't really want to do it. I would rather just keep being a blogger with church mag and continue down that path. And that, that dynamic occurred, that healthy dynamic occurs with us because the terms have been defined. You say, Eric, I have this much time. So if I take that on, I need to get rid of this other thing. Do you want me to get rid of that other thing? Yes or no. Sometimes I say yes. And sometimes I say, oh, no, 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 never mind. Or you say, well, I could get rid of this other thing, but I really like doing that. And I say, well, then don't keep, keep, keep as you are because we have that communication and we have that defined because Jeremy has made the conscious decision. This is the time I'm carving out. And so I think that that's key. And I think Jeremy, it's an important point to make that um, his volunteers may not want a paid position, you know? They may not be like looking to get take his job. Like how, <laughs> right. how, how come Colton got this job? Stupid French guy making his baguettes, you know. So and, <laughs> now he's like right. the big C. Now he's on the Church Mag podcast, and they keep calling him Big C, like they're best friends. Gosh, that should be me. Le C. <laughs> anyway, no, right like he's probably not even French guys. This is so stupid. But anyway, it's <laughs> that's what it, we're doing. It. So, this is what we right. do. This is what we do. Actually. I think there's a danger, I think Jeremy said, in, in assuming that they are gunning for his spot or assuming there's, a, there's already bitterness. You know, if he's been doing this for that long, you know, eight years, then he's known, they know his heart. And I don't think that, that he has anything to worry about. I think it's where you sit down with the team and say, guys, here's the, um, here are the events we know about for the next two months. Who can, uh, here are the ones I can't be there because I have my other job. Uh, who can help cover these? Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's just like if I said to one of you guys, hey, do you guys want Church Mag? You'd be like, oh, no, I don't want to mess with that. No, 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 no. Please keep running it and then just let me keep doing my thing. Thanks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think about the fact of, I, I help with the nursery at our church. And you don't want to run it. <laughs> I don't, I absolutely don't want to run it. I'm so glad that I get to be there one Sunday out of actually it's every three months um, because that we use the service with our children. So we want to give back and there is no way in he double hockey sticks that I am going to manage that process because children sometimes drive me up the wall and that's okay. And so I want to serve in that small capacity. I don't even want to do once a month, let alone less frequent than own the whole process. And so be careful with that assumption because it sounds like if you, if you're there with that piece of it, then, then you're already lost as opposed to, if it's just simply a matter of honoring your volunteers, well, that's easy. Jeremy, Honor your volunteers all you want. Jeremy, children are a gift, man. 
Eh, are they? <laughs> Especially when you can't discipline them yourself. No, I'm, I hear that. All right. So I think bottom line is there needs to be some communication ramping up for these guys to, you know, whoever hired you or whoever, you know, you just need to have some conversations like what's expected. What kind of time wise, you know, that's that's what really needs to be happening here. Um, It's unfortunate you didn't know that ahead of time before you signed up, because maybe they'll say, well, you need to try to be here as much as you can. Well, no, you need more specific guidelines. I mean, if they're paying you, then there is a portion of what you're doing that is a job. And, and that can be difficult. I mean, church secretaries have the same exact problem. You know, there they are, praise and worship after church, having a nice conversation, talking about little Johnny and how he fell down and everything's okay. And then somebody walks up and says, hey, uh, I need to cancel that appointment that I have with pastor on Thursday. Yeah, that was that was my wife's life for, for two and a half years. Right, and so... And so, I mean, so you've, you firsthand experienced, you've seen that. I remember I was one of those annoying people. I remember to this day walking up to the poor church secretary lady and saying something. And she says, she said, she said, I'm sorry, dear. On Sundays, I'm very, on Sundays, I don't remember anything. So you'll have to call me on Monday. It was like she had this like kind of funny, kind of fun way to say that. And then like translation in my mind, oh, I'm such a dip. That was so rude of me, you know? Uh, so I called on Monday and took care of it like I was supposed to. And so, again, this really came down to assumptions. Assumptions on my part that I thought I could do that. I mean, what was I even thinking? So sometimes we do things and we don't mean to be hurtful or unthoughtful or foolish or stupid or whatever. We just kind of just do it, right? Without meaning to. But if we can kind of open up a dialogue and talk about these things, it can really put a lot of things to rest and everybody's happy. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I guess we nailed that. I'm, thinking, I'm trying to think of some alternatives to this. Are you trying to come up with pushback on this, Jeremy? Yeah, there is a lot of pushback you can have. Oh, yeah, there is. But we don't need it, man. <laughs> well, if we're going to turn this into two parts. No, no, no. We can do the other part another time because I was late. So if you have a little bit of pushback, I mean, we're only like 20 minutes in. So if you want a little pushback, we can. We have time for a little pushback on this. Okay. So, so I think one of the things that comes out in this is a leadership thing. And I would love to hear what you guys have to say in this. Um, because my counseling, I have too much to say about it, but what, when you have to give that conversation to someone, how do you go about that? Well, how do you, um, talk in the manner of trying to, is is it something where you need to be authentic? Is it something where you need to be firm? Is it something where you need to speak from a place of leadership? How does that work? I think all three of those are great, but in your mind, having this conversation with your team, what's going on inside of you? Um, What are you attempting to do as you communicate and have this dialogue with people with your volunteers, specifically with your volunteers? Like what, what's, what's racing through your mind through this process? Well, I, I would hope that, that the relationship between um, our this French fella and his leadership is in a healthy in, in a healthy way that he can go to him and say, "Hey, I was wondering," and then their response is reasonable in their expectations, and then he can go back to his team and say, "Hey, just to be clear, this is what's expected of me." You know, da 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 da. So hopefully, everything is healthy and all that can go on without a hitch. But you're using that word healthy. What does that mean? Healthy means that people can can be communicate and be reasonable 
and not get out of shape, been out of shape and everybody's happy. But unfortunately, where are there humans, there are messes and that might not be the case. Maybe the pastor um, is difficult to talk to or maybe the the team is not very cohesive and resentful or maybe, uh, uh, so, you know, they have too high of expectations or maybe he he, he didn't consider or maybe or maybe um, uh, the big C, Mr. C here. Colton, sorry, <laughs> took it too far there. Uh, maybe Colton is like, what you expect, you know, 10 hours a week, man, I can only do six, you know, maybe, maybe it's coming from his end. So I, I guess healthy meaning that everything can be worked out peacefully and everyone's on the same page, but that assumes a lot because chances are there's something in this mix that, that, that could create a speed bump. And I bet Phil could testify to that there will be a speed bump. <laughs> yeah, if there are people involved, there will be a speed bump. I'll only put it like this. You know, from my experiences, some of the problems I've had in these types of scenarios have started with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I've messed things up. And so, like, I have to go back later on and, you know, lead my team and myself out of the garbage, you know? And that might be where he's he's at that it, it could be you know and and i would say colton that if if they say they're expecting more than what you can do then in that moment you just need to just like own it man and be like you know i'm sorry i thought it was going to be this other thing my mistake i can do this for a little bit but i got to get out of it unless it can be this way that i think it is i mean just because that's how you want to be. Because if this if this blows up or turns into a mess, I mean, you've been doing this for eight years. It's a passion. You love it. You know, this is your church. You you don't want this to break. You know, there's no reason that this needs to break. And for for anyone to have hurt feelings, you know, we can just kind of we can really be a family in this if 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 we try. Because I'm thinking about the fact that this is a completely new position for him. We're making the assumption that he knows what he needs to do and and the direction and all this stuff, and that that those things are given to him. And if that's the case, that's wonderful. Then just have the conversation. It's just simply a conversation with your team. And it's probably going to be pretty easy because you're coming out out of that environment. But if it's a matter of you've never been in this leadership position before, maybe this person straight out of high school or college or um, the team, the or it's a new position or it's a new position that's never been filled by anybody well, he makes it, and question, he they're says, asking too much it's a new thing that they're doing yeah and I think that's where, exactly you know the benefit here Colton is that you're setting the pace you're defining this position yes. and I think this is where as a leader you figure out how to serve your team and take on the brunt so if that means like you can't do certain events okay then I think you're you're serving every Sunday you know what I'm saying? You're, like, you're the first guy there. You're getting things set up. Even if you're not going to run sound that day because you've got volunteers who are going to do it because they like doing it or whatever, you're there getting things ready for them. You know, yeah. you know whatever. However you want to do that. Jeremy talked about before where he would uh, bring his team donuts and bring his team coffee in the morning. You know, that's where uh, leading well can go a long way. I want to be on Jeremy's team. I want to be on Jeremy's team, too. Jeremy, can we be on your team? I don't have a team right now. Well, you've got a nursery team. We don't want to put any, yes, you do. Any, you don't want to, yeah. That's a totally different beast. You're on this team, there buddy. You you're on this team, Jeremy. And someday, someday, I will actually be able to buy you guys a donut. Someday, I'm going to buy you guys a donut. I've already got the donut in mind. You, you guys get up like at the crack of dawn. Now, you watch. I'm going to get to America. You watch. We're going to get to America and I'll be like, so what time do you guys want to record the podcast? <laughs> 
<laughs> Same time, dude. You're suffering with us. You're like, look, Eric. They'll be on the East Coast. You'll have, you'll have it uh, so good still. Be, oh, I have to get up at eight. Yeah. Oh, this is so rough, guys. Oh, like private message on Slack. You're like, okay, so we agree that when Eric gets back to the states, that we still have to do it at the butt crack of dawn for at least one year, just so he knows the pain, just so he can struggle with us. I think that a lot of times when you're you're transitioning in this process, we we like to make it scarier than it is um, because we want to make sure that we lead well. We want to make sure that we only make the right decisions, and that's a fallacy because you are if if this is a brand new opportunity, you can't do it wrong. You can only do it the less efficient ways than other ways. And unless you have this conversation, unless you go for it and, and try to do something, you're not going to know what the best way is and, until you get out there and do that. And I've seen a lot of people just get stuck here of, well, what's the right way? I mean, maybe it's this way, but maybe it's that way too. And I don't want to pick the wrong one. So I'm just going to sit here. And my thought is, is, is there an actual wrong way besides going and murdering all your volunteers? If you're not going to do that, then just go do something. Just try it out and see what you can do because there's no wrong way. Now you might say, okay, I could do this, but I also could decide, you know what, if my volunteers are upset, maybe I need new volunteers. And if that's your mentality, then go with that. And then you could also have the mentality of I am part time and I'm working towards full time. And so I need to double down on my efficiency, which means I need to rely more on my volunteers. And so I actually need to increase the amount of time, not with them because I need to show that there's that growth and that's actually going against the concerns already. And so be careful with that because you don't know what the wrong, what the most efficient way is until you've tried it out. And I think also that churches tend to do this. They tend to shoot from the hip a lot. Churches and ministries, oftentimes, they kind of make it up as they go along, and it is more than reasonable for even even for you to go back and have this conversation with them and, and have like a 30, a 60, or a 90, or all uh, or all three of those day review. I mean, it's not uncommon in in your general workplace to have these 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 reviews to say, you know, how's it going? Like, okay, we're going to outline these for the expectations. Let's talk in a month or 60 days or 90 days or whatever it is. And let's revisit this and see how this is going. Okay. You know, is there bandwidth for more? Do we need to cut some away? Because that's, that's, um, that's an honest thing to admit. You know, maybe you think you can only do X, Y, and Z. They're asking for A, B, and C. Well, maybe you need to try. Maybe you can do X, Y, Z, and A, B, and C. Or maybe you just need to do Y, Z, B, and C. You know, something really complicated like that. I think that there's one final thing, and this is, I'm going to go, stay with me for just one minute, but I, I do a lot of uh, parenting conversations and counseling where they're concerned about having arguments in front of their children because they they've been raised previously in a house that was very abusive they've been raised in situations where conflict has been labeled a bad thing but if conflict sits there and sits there and festers it becomes a very miserable process for everyone and so a lot of people have decided their solution is to go behind closed doors and to have arguments there because they don't want to expose their children to what they had been exposed to which was very unhealthy ways of dealing with situations conflict resolution is what it is and so my pushback in that process of just simply making them aware is what happens for your children because you are exposed to a very bad way of arguing because 
It was almost verbally abusive. It was became physically abusive. You saw the terrible side of conflict resolution because it wasn't done well. And now you are deciding to completely unexpose your children to conflict resolution so that when they get into a conflict in their life, they have no context for how to deal with this. And so what happens if you decide to have those conflicts behind closed doors, you are actually debilitating your children because you are not allowing them to experience a healthy way of conflicting with each other. And even if you don't get it right every single time, which I'm assuming is the case because we're people and we have that sinful nature, you then get to resolve it in front of them and show them how to give forgiveness and grace and to accept forgiveness and grace. And so for you to do that in front of them means that they get to see that process. And so for you to fail and, and they see you as this omniscient, oh my goodness, he's the smartest person in the world because he's been here so long and he knows exactly what he's doing. I don't want to fail. And so if you teach them, well, I'm not going to fail in front of you, then what kind of culture are you creating? And so if you fail in front of them and then show them how you come out of that failure, now all of a sudden it's okay for them to fail a little bit and to approach it healthy and to be able to be successful. And what does that do for your ministry? What Jeremy trying to say is that stones don't become smooth in the river from just laying in the river, but from the constant conflict and resistance that that has from the water or smooth, smooth, beautiful wood doesn't become smooth, beautiful wood without quite a bit of being rubbed the wrong direction. And uh, so a little conflict. Don't be scared of it. Um, it can be a good thing as long as you have a good attitude and you want, you know, good, peaceful uh, resolution and you have a good heart attitude. I think that uh, in the end, you'll come out on top. I think the joke here is, is I love conflict and it should be done well. Yeah. Conflict is not a bad thing. No, it's not. Done well. It's not a bad thing. Right, Phil? <laughs> That's what my therapist tells me. Right, Jeremy? I do not have enough brilliant. money for that session. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag. You find the link on the main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag, churchm.ag. And while you're hanging out on Church Mag, send us a message and subscribe to the Church Mag Podcast so you can receive an early release of the show every Friday. Until next week. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. <laughs>